Hi, and welcome to the Book of Medora, a podcast where we talk about Zelda lore. This is a mailbag episode. My name is Crystal, and with me today is my wonderful co-host, Cameron. That's me! Cameron, we need to answer some questions about The Legend of Zelda, because we've gotten a lot of them since we started putting out episodes with our email address at the end. That's difficult to believe. But what is our email address, Cameron? Our email address is bookofmedorapodcast at gmail.com. Send us more questions to bookofmedorapodcast at gmail.com. Also, send me questions on Twitter at ArcaneCrystal. I, I guess you could send me questions on Twitter, too, at Cam Ryder, but, you know, you, that's, that's an option. Cam's, Cam's not as much of a professional tweetist as I am. Yeah, I'm really just being dragged along on Crystal's coattails here. You don't have to give out your Twitter. Yeah, but I've already done it on, like, six episodes, so why go back now? That's fair enough, I guess. Do you want to read the first question? Okay, uh, let's see now. The question in the question here, this comes from Leader Cassandra at Definitely Exists on Twitter. If you name the hero Zelda, you play the second quest. Is this a hint that she is the hero rescuing the next Zelda? That sounds good to me, honestly. Yeah, that's pretty good. Now, just so people who are listening that don't have the context for this uh, get it a bit more easily, if you play the original legend of zelda game you can enter a name for the character that you're playing as and if you enter the name zelda you start off in a second version of the game with a remixed overworld and remixed dungeons and pretty much a whole new experience to go through and uh is this a hint she is the hero rescuing the next zelda like you're playing as the zelda from the first quest no i well, maybe. I, I can't speak to Cassandra's intent, but the way I read this was, this is the next cycle, and it's Zelda rescuing her daughter, Zelda. Yeah, that's that's, that's more what that's more or less what I meant. Well, I guess. It's a hint. She's the hero rescue. Um, I'm going to say, sure. We'll go with that. I mean, why not? There's no reason that the hero can't be named Zelda either. Do we get another question about the second quest and its potential canonical implications? And point of fact, we did. Yeah, okay, I guess we'll talk about it a little more on that question. Yeah! But first, here's another question from Leader Cassandra. Well, it's more of a correction, really. There is a punching weapon in Zelda. In the Oracle games, there's a ring that makes your punches as strong as a level 2 sword. That's a pretty good ring. Have you gotten that ring yet? I sure as hell have not. I've kind of... a good-ass ring that I didn't remember until... Right after we recorded that episode. I've kind of got a little bit of a roadblock for me getting through the Oracle games. Uh, you know, I guess we'll talk about that in the Oracle episode. Let's, let's get to the emails now. <clears throat> now, uh, this first one comes from Cameron's wife. And Sorry, I, whose wife is this? If I swear to Christ, Crystal, I will find a way to have revenge on you if you edit any Borat clips into this episode. I'm not going to edit a Borat clip into this episode. I'm not going to listen to it myself, but I will be told by a listener. Is that listener your wife who snitched on me? Very possibly, yes. We hold to a very, very simple mode in our family, and that is always snitch on anyone who is not your spouse. Stop snitching! It doesn't matter. Anyway, here's the the email signed off on by Cameron's wife. 
It stands to reason that pre-Legend of Zelda, the royal family planned contingencies for both Triforce pieces. This is referring to the fact that in the backstory of The Legend of Zelda, the royal family had both the Triforce of Power and the Triforce of Wisdom. So, there are 16 labyrinths lying around, though only 8 are used to hide the Triforce of Wisdom. Uh, that is referring to how the two different quests each have two different sets of labyrinths, each two sets of 8. So, I propose that the second quest labyrinths are the other eight labyrinths, which were chosen by Zelda in an alternate Zelda 1 timeline. What do you two make of this? Really, I think most games have a timeline divergence or three, but we just never get to see what happens at the alternate branches of them. I can see mm-hmm. that. Yeah, well, it's... So, the overall map is the same, right? It's just the location of the dungeons and the internal dungeon maps that are different. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah, so, yeah, that would suggests that there are just 16 dungeons in this area of Lesser Hyrule. You, you and your Lesser Hyrule. Yeah, I, I think that does make sense. But the interesting implication she is putting out there is that we're actually playing along two separate timelines between the first quest and the second quest. The first quest being where Zelda chooses to hide the pieces of the Triforce of Wisdom in one set, and the second timeline being where she chooses to hide them in another set. That feels like an unnecessary timeline divergence, personally. Uh, couldn't you say that pretty much every timeline divergence is in some ways unnecessary? Well, the main timeline divergences are ones in which time travel is an integral part of the game. Mm, I, mm, that's true. That's what she's saying here. Most games have a timeline divergence, or three. We just never get to see what happens at the alternate branches of them. What she's suggesting is that timeline divergences aren't a consequence of time travel necessarily, but a consequence of different possibilities that can lead to the same endpoint. Now, Cameron, the entire catalyst behind your uh, accursed timeline theory is that you didn't like the way the downfall timeline was just based on Link losing, which is something you don't see. How do you reconcile that? Well, we see both quests in the first Legend of Zelda, now don't we? Yeah, but you don't see a timeline divergence. What you're getting hung up on is the idea that we have to see the point at which they diverge. When I'm saying that we see the different versions of events. And that's enough. I can I can respect that. That's, that's a perfectly fine reading to me. The only other way that you read this is that the two quests are concurrent somehow. Or that one of them isn't canon at all. Or that Zelda rescues her daughter. Well, that means that it's concurrent. Wait, hold on. I'm using concurrent wrong, aren't I? Yeah. Yeah! Oh! Anyway, sequential. Yes, that would be the word you're looking for. Fuck! I worded bad. I mean, they call it second quest. They don't call it alternate quest. I gotta go hide under the table. Well, really, when the first game... The first game is traditionally placed after A Link to the Past. Right. But really, it's so removed from anything else in the timeline that you could place it other places if you really wanted to you could yeah absolutely it just just needs to be after some kind of golden age sure yeah that makes sense it could if you really wanted to i guess it could take place a long time after breath of the wild i have seen timeline theories back in the day 
which along with splitting the oracles into different timelines oh no split the first and second quest into different timelines okay see that's that's basically what she's suggesting here but even if it's not about different timelines suggesting different possibility states i think the more important thing here is that hyrule has or the smaller port the death mountain region of hyrule has 16 dungeons in it and i think that's a good canonical reading of the way that the quests work i'm definitely willing to accept that yeah so i i guess that's where we stand on both of those yeah let's read the next one this is also from your wife uh-huh would Ganondorf be happy if he got everything he wanted? It's a heavy question. I, I mean, we know the answer to that question. It's absolutely not. Yeah, he's he's won before. He wasn't happy. Which 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 victory are you referring to here? Uh, Ocarina of Time. He didn't have everything he wanted. We've never actually seen him like full on no compromises triumph while holding the power of the gods in his hands. Well, that's what I'm talking about, is that there's always more that he wants to conquer. Right. Like, yeah, maybe he doesn't have the full Triforce there, but he's still basically one. He's the king of Hyrule. In the Link to the Past, he does have the whole Triforce, and he rules over the Dark World, but that's not enough for him. He still wants to rule over the Light World, too. Well, I mean, his original wish was for the world in the first place in Link to the Past and he has a very plain goal in Ocarina of Time that he never achieves in spite of the fact that he wins and people like to talk about him as one of the villains that has victory conditions being met he never actually gets everything that he wants. We never see him make a wish on the whole Triforce that the Triforce actually carries out for him the closest that we see is the ending of Wind Waker, when he very nearly wishes for Hyrule to be given to him. And I'd, I don't think he would be happy anyway. I think I think hunger is the first thing about Ganondorf. Like, it's sort yeah, of going sure. back and saying that he's a pig because blah, blah, blah. No, he's a pig because that's what they could draw at the time. But that he's greedy is the first thing about it. I don't know. Do you think anything could make him happy? Um, no. No? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I I guess I could see that. It's like the kind of character where you're not really sure how to get at the question of happiness. Because he's not that kind of guy. He's a bad wizard. So, yeah. The answer is no. Ganondorf would not be happy if he got everything he wanted. Yeah, that makes sense. He will never be satisfied. Okay. And this next one comes from Emily. You guys answered a question on the mailbag episode. That was the last one. About the title of the games and why it's The Legend of Zelda when Zelda isn't the protagonist. And it got me thinking about fairy tales and their naming and structure. Using Sleeping Beauty as an example, she doesn't have any agency in the story, things happen to her, and she gets rescued by a prince. Uh, that depends on the version that you're reading. But the story is still called Sleeping Beauty. She's the subject of the story, but not the protagonist, exactly. The Legend of Zelda is much the same way. Zelda is a princess kidnapped by an evil sorcerer, and a hero comes to save her. In Sleeping Beauty, the hero isn't the protagonist either. He kind of just comes in at the end to kill the evil sorcerer and save the princess. But if you were to make a traditional game about Sleeping Beauty, who would you play as? Not the fairy godmothers, or the king, or Sleeping Beauty. You'd play as the knight fighting the dragon to save the princess. The Legend of Zelda is a fairy tale about Zelda, but the narrative focus for the player is the hero. 
Now, this kind of story is archaic, and that's why, as you mentioned, Zelda has more agency now, but The Legend of Zelda's roots are in those fairy tales, and I think that's why the title works. Yeah, I think uh, Emily makes a good point about the sort of fairy fairy tale nature of the title, where a lot of fairy tales about princesses, the princess doesn't usually have a ton of agency and has to be rescued by some kind of fella, but is still the title character. I guess I could see that, yeah. I mean, if you want to say that Legend of Zelda has its naming scheme couched in some really old, really uh, paternalistic modes, then yeah, I could could buy that. But, oh man, fairy tales are horrible. Uh Uh-huh. They are. We have another email from Emily. Okay. If they did make a Zelda 3, as you ponder in the Adventure of Link episode... Would it have a completely new gameplay style? Zelda 1 and 2 are very different games after all. Perhaps it would be a character action game. You mentioned political intrigue, maybe some kind of strategy game. I'd play a Fire Emblem-esque Zelda. Or maybe even another another Zelda Musou. I want to hear your take first. I always imagined Zelda 3 as a game where you would switch perspectives Super Paper Mario style between the top-down view and the side-scrolling view. So are you thinking of this as, like, um, according to the limitations of an NES-style system where they use perspective tricks, like in Link's Awakening, to have side-scrolling sections without changing the mechanics? I I was not thinking of this in a Mega Man 9 style. I was just thinking of it as a 3DS game. Wait, what's this about Mega Man 9? Mega Man 9 is in the style of the NES Mega Man. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I thought you were saying that Mega Man 9 had... Uh, perspective switching i was like wow i don't remember that game at all apparently but although uh, it would be kind of cool for them to make a zelda 3 in that style yeah that would be pretty cool wouldn't it put it on anything on everything really yeah uh it wasn't till you brought up that link definitely becomes a king at the end of zelda 2 that i consider the political intrigue part of it yeah which i had previously thought that if they did make a game starring zelda I would want the Zelda parts to basically be as they political are now. intrigue, diplomacy and stuff, and then have nighttime sections as Sheik, where she does assassinations. Okay, you just want Assassin's Creed, but it's like that Assassin's Creed that takes place in New Orleans, where you play as the woman who can fulfill three roles. Kind of, I guess. I was thinking more, uh, what's that game, Dragon Commander? Oh, I never played Dragon Commander. What's that called? Divinity Dragon Commander. That's a hell of a title. Yeah, where you there are some parts where you go out into the battlefield and fuck shit up. There's also a lot of parts where you just talk to people and do some high level strategy. That's pretty cool. Uh, I think that if they made a Zelda three, I would very much want Zelda to be the playable character, and you're playing as Zelda the first, because if any woman in the entire series needs to have uh, a boost to her agency stat. It would be that one. I think she's probably the one most badly in need of it. Literally did nothing. So is Link just the dumb trophy husband? Yes. Okay. He gets to retire and go off somewhere. No, 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 no. We're going to assume that he's a very irresponsible king and he goes off on adventures. Yeah, he's a, he's a, a peasant. He's not used to the royal lifestyle. He's still like 15. And he's like 15. Yeah. So he goes off, and uh, I definitely want Zelda to be the main character. And I 
talked about this before. I would really like a strategy game that's in the style of... Mm, it's a style to say, but I definitely want a strategy game that's more rooted in the... Uh, political intrigue in Hyrule is so hard to do because it's such a simplified fantasy kingdom. But I, I imagine Zelda 1's goal would be to reclaim the glory of the old kingdom and conquer a bunch of lands. Yeah, and it would be hard for her to be stopped because she's got the Triforce. Or maybe you could play as the current Zelda defending her realm from this ancient usurper. Oh, that could be an interesting take. Anyway, it should play like Ogre Battle. So it'd be the same plot as Assassin's Creed Origins, where there's a royal civil war. Um, I, hmm. Oh, now you're making me have second thoughts about it, but I'll provisionally say yes. What, what's, what do you have against Assassin's Creed Origins? I haven't played it. It's not out yet, so. Uh, well, that would explain why I haven't played it. Yeah, but do you have a problem with the Alexandrian civil war? I actually, hmm. Uh, between Ptolemy thirteen and Cleopatra seven. I guess I don't have a problem with it in a sense but it's like i don't know if that's huh i mean we're talking about zelda one doing imperialism crystal i have to admit well is it really imperialism if it's your own land that is always the justification used for imperialism okay it would be about some kind of politics uh you can't really have another zelda as a bad guy uh it would be about negotiations of the peaceful transfer of powers Ganon's in there somewhere. I don't fucking know. So, I mean, okay. If you ever need a bad guy, there's always some jerk-ass wizard. Zelda 2 explicitly, according to the Hyrule Historia, uh, includes lands that are outside of the kingdom of Hyrule. Uh-huh. So if she wants to take over those lands, and these lands have been independent for, oh, a minute. Yeah. There's, there's gonna be a war. Wait, hold on. Why are we assuming she wants to take over these lands? It's, I thought that's what we said. She, the plot would be her reestablishing her ancient kingdom that she remembers. Oh, hi, you turned it into a fucked up thing. Okay, fine. How about this? The plot is... No wonder this conversation has changed. Crystal. Uh-huh. I just thought it was going to be like about the transference of powers and seeing which of them had the right to act as the like overseer of Hyrule, whether or not... The Triforce itself could bequeath right to rule. Yeah, how about this? They peacefully dissolve the monarchy. I guess that could work, but that'd have to come after the end of a lot of conversation in this text adventure. What if the people vote on which Zelda they want? Hmm. I don't know if representative democracy is something you want in a setting that has people as demonstrably uneducated and uninformed as The Legend of Zelda. Okay, but what about America? What about America? You're, say, you're saying you shouldn't have democracy in Hyrule because the people are too stupid? Oh, you love bringing these back around. Okay. But that's what you said, that the people are too demonstrably ignorant and uneducated. We had this conversation in Link to the Past, if you remember, where Link lives more or less outside of Hyrule Castle. Uh-huh. And he has that dream, and he goes, who the hell is Zelda? Okay. You're basically flipping a coin. Link's always been very stupid. Has he? I think that may have been. I think that may have been new to Link to the Past. Also, didn't you suggest in the Link's Awakening episode that Link wasn't stupid? I suggest that. You said that writing your name on your sword was just a reasonable thing to do instead of being an indication of childlike behavior. It is a reasonable thing to do, Crystal. Do you, 
Grace, don't. What? No. Okay, like... No. Do you not... Do you not write your name on, like, your no, dog's collar? We had this exact exchange already. Okay, I just forgot all about it. My dogs were mostly free-range dogs that didn't wear their collars while they were on the farm. Oh, yes. We had this literal exact conversation. Yeah. So, Zelda 3, what about what if it's about finding the Master Sword? Oh, no, the Master... Also, ma- is the Magic Sword the Master Sword? Okay, that's not in the email, so we're moving on to a different fucking email. No. I, I actually have a thing about this. Okay, 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 I'm sorry. I posted sorry. it on Twitter. Here's a, here's a theory. Okay. What if the the master, the master Sword is the Magic Sword, but it has lost the majority of its divine power because Hyrule has lost faith in the goddesses? Huh. I'm not sure that lines up. Why not? Well, I mean, you know... There's uh, no goddesses. Yeah, but in, uh, in Breath of the Wild... Hylia worship has almost completely superseded worship of the Triforce gods. They never even mentioned the old gods. Yeah, but Hylia still counts. There's not even that in Legend of Zelda. Man, you know something we never talked about in the Breath uh-huh. of the Wild episode is the way that Hylia chains dark gods into rocks? Uh-huh. Oh, I want to talk about that when we get around to the DLC episode. We could, we could talk about that now. No, we'll do it at the DLC episode. That th- you, That thing is going to be like five hours long. We are recording this in the future after Cameron has uh, thought about Emily's question a little more and he has some more ideas to share about Emily's question. Okay, so uh, first of all, voter suppression is very bad and I just want to put that out there. Okay. Yeah, that thing I said before where I said that some of the Hyrulean people would be too uh, dumb to elect between the two Zeldas, mm-hmm. that's, uh, that's awfully adjacent to arguments that I'm not very comfortable being associated with, so I don't want that. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, even though I think that representative democracy has a lot of problems in a society where different ethnicities are li- literally like, uh, it has a lot of problems regardless. But that doesn't matter. Listen, uh, so while I was taking a drive, I got to thinking about that question that Emily posed uh, about Zelda 3. Mm-hmm. And the solution that we came to, like, that was basically like a strategy game and it's got like story parts and we didn't really come up with a concrete structure, but we knew that we wanted it to be a strategy game that doesn't play exactly like Zelda, right? Right. So we've got this setup where theoretically it can be whatever we want it to be, and we know that in order to fit with Zelda's personality and the role that she normally has as the bearer of wisdom, that we want her to like use her brain and shit and be a cool leader and be like a queen who directs people. Sure. But that's based on assumptions that we have about past characterizations, right? We don't know the first thing about this Zelda, except that she tried to keep her brother from being a huge asshole and paid for it. She is compassionate. She's compassionate. But this question about, like, what would we do for Zelda 3? Moving past what we think they would do, because they would never put Zelda in the lead and that's a much less interesting discussion to me. But I wanted to play Zelda. And Emily mentions the possibility of having like a Fire Emblem-esque Zelda. And that's cool. Or even another Zelda Muso, And that's like, okay, sure. Those are fun to play for 70 hours. But at the same time, the answer we came up with was kind of safe. So, fuck that. Let's push a little bit past that. Suppose that they made it into a character action game where you play a Zelda. Okay. So, instead of being like... 
limited to the things that we assume about her. We take this basic assumption about how we want the game to play. Zelda kicks ass, and we build a narrative around that, right? Sure, this is so far like Hyrule Warriors. Oh, fuck you. Um, so, we take this idea that we want Zelda to kick ass. Okay, why does she have to kick ass? It's not because she has to, like, beat up her descendant. That's ridiculous. Like, good people don't fight each other in this series. They just don't. You never see them get into that kind of conflict. Is that true? Can you name one time? Uh, no. Yeah, I can't either. Like, they, they'll they have disagreements and arguments, like the uh, head of the village guards and the head of the carpenters in Clocktown, but th- th- you never really see, like, armed conflict between good people, except when they've been brainwashed by evil wizards. It's happened, though. When everyone's brainwashed by evil wizards? No, oh, there's wars. The Hyrulean Civil War. Have we ever seen them, though? Uh, yeah, we haven't seen them, but it it's... Has happened. It's a thing in the lore, but it's not something we've ever experienced. It isn't subject matter that the games deal with directly. Sure. Okay. So, suppose that the thing about it is that... This came up in the Adventure of Link episode, I think, where the question was, why didn't the king just leave the Triforce and the right to rule over Hyrule to Zelda instead of his shit-ass son who couldn't be trusted? Indeed. And the conclusion that we came to was obviously because Zelda's a woman and you can't do... It's just like this whole patriarchal storytelling bullshit thing that that game had going. But suppose it's because she wasn't worthy of the Triforce either. Sure. Yeah, that. I kind of assumed that it was because she already had wisdom and it, it's, I guess, not good practice to give someone to. Suppose that she didn't, though. Suppose oh. that... The whole thing about her is that she had the spirit to rule, but she lacked the qualifications that... Like, she had the proper upbringing, if you will. But she lacked the qualifications that one would have only through a life of very focused toil, working towards being worthy. Because being worthy of the Triforce isn't just about being a good person. You have to make yourself from the ground up to be worthy of something. So... Suppose that this whole story starts with the idea that Ganon's minions fail to kill Link and they fail to bring Ganon back, but that doesn't get rid of Ganon. That doesn't destroy the curse. That asshole comes back regardless. Of course. And if the whole Triforce is brought together at the end of Adventure of Link, then suppose that for whatever reason, Link's not in the picture. You could pick a thousand reasons. Link's kidnapped by people, or he's off being an asshole having Goku-style adventures when he should really be tending to his new kingdom. So the Triforce instead charges Zelda with protection of the kingdom. But she's not worthy of it yet. So we find that in the past, this ancient king who set up magic spells over the entire kingdom to bring back the Triforce of Courage, had another layer to this plan, whereby there's a set of trials specifically for Zelda, his daughter, to become worthy of wielding the Triforce. Okay. So you go through, and you go through uh, different trials. I guess it would be a story with maybe four major acts. One for wisdom, then courage, then power, and then the actual enemy itself. So... 
you go through and you start off with one particular fighting style, since this is a character action game. And it's a very Zelda-based fighting style. And you have to go through a bunch of trials. This whole thing would still have Zelda-style puzzles implemented in them. Think of it like a character action game in the style of Nier Automata or maybe Bayonetta, except you have a Sheikah Stone, maybe? Something like that? I, well, I guess how would you delineate the three aspects in the gameplay? Um... You know, I'm not really that clever. Okay, wisdom is puzzles, right? Wisdom would have big puzzles, but those puzzles, you have to carry forward the lessons of wisdom throughout everything, right? Yes. Okay, so every segment has puzzles. and um, Courage is fighting people bigger than you. Okay, yep, sure, that makes sense. And power is fighting people smaller than you no 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 okay uh let's let's pull that back a little bit let's say that uh instead of going wisdom courage power it goes wisdom power courage sort of uh mirroring the order in which link gained the triforce pieces i guess i don't know what power entails uh basically power is the ability to whoop ass we, I, yeah i guess the basic muso structure of just no we're not doing this muso thing th- the basic character action structure of just plowing through thousands and thousands of guys at once. I, mm, okay, we may mean different things by character action games here. You mean like Bayonetta style? Yeah, Bayonetta. Okay, it's not, it's not thousands and thousands, but she, she has a certain dominance over her enemies, right? Um, you could make it a little bit more like Ninja Gaiden Black, maybe, where even, like, if you play perfectly, you just fly through them, but there's a real sense of menace from them. I was thinking that maybe each time you become worthy of a new Triforce piece, each time you forge yourself in the fire of the old gods whom your father worshipped, that you would gain a new fighting style. Uh, one for each aspect? Yeah, yeah. Like, she starts off with a basic fighting style where it's just like, I, I guess it'd be sort of like Zelda from Smash Brothers, where it, she uses... I guess this just corresponds exactly to Warrior Rogue Mage. Uh, is Courage Rogue? Yeah. How does that figure? Rogue is all Rogue is all about, like... Oh, mm-hmm. Actually, that's a good point, because backstabbing people's not very courageous. No. But rogues are small and not very strong, and they still manage to face off people bigger than them. And that, that takes a measure of courage. Okay, listen to me. So, so I was thinking that, like, Zelda has the Smash move set to start with, right? Yeah, okay, and, magic. Okay, yeah, she gets the magic. That's her baseline. She gets some magic at Zelda. She's going to have fucking magic. But when she gets the wisdom, she... Well, let's just say she gets the, like, instead of having switching between different weapon styles, she basically turns into Sheik when she uses Wisdom. Oh, wait. Have you ever played the video game Ronin? No. So, it's, uh, it's basically a turn-based game where you plan out all your moves in advance, and then you kind of hit the play button, and they all play out in real time. That's pretty sick. So it's kind of action, but also has strategery to it. Ah. That's kind of wisdomy. That's pretty cool. I like that. I still like the character action game thing, though. And I like the idea that you can shift over into being chic, and then you'd get, like, super fast movesets where Zelda just fights with her fucking hands and maybe a chain and some little throwing darts and stuff. Mm-hmm. That'd be cool. And she gets higher mobility options, like the ability to jump between walls and stuff. That'd be cool. She can do Assassin's Creed. Uh, no, I was definitely thinking more Ninja Gaiden in this sense. Did you ever play uh, the Xbox Ninja Gaiden? 
Oh, I look at a whole lot of Ninja Guy in Black. Yeah, Ninja Guy in Black's real good. You know that one sequence where Ryu has to get up this really high chimney by just backflipping back and forth like 30 times? That's a very good sequence. I love that fucking sequence. And I want to do that sequence as Sheik. Okay. Yeah. So basically she goes from Zelda to Ryu Hayabusa without the sword. And then with power, as she becomes worthy of power and takes that into herself, she basically gets a fighting style that's a lot like oh god i can't believe i'm making this comparison did you get any of the dlc for hyrule warriors i have never played hyrule warriors i didn't know this about you in fact i don't even know the story to hyrule warriors other than the very basic premise oh honey we're gonna have to have a long sit down conversation where we watch all the cutscenes. however that did not stop me from agreeing with i needed a name to post's post about Hyrule Warriors having as good of a story as any Zelda game. That did not stop you at all, that's true. Oh, <laughs> uh, there's there's layers to your agrees that I think some people don't appreciate, but... I give them out pretty freely. You do. Uh, <laughs> holy shit, where was I? I feel like my brain just got pushed off its own rails. You never played Hyrule Warriors? No, I've never played Hyrule Warriors. Okay, well, uh, in Hyrule Warriors, you can play as Ganondorf, right? Of course, yes. And his regular move set is sort of like a bastardization of Wind Waker Ganondorf, where he has these two giant swords, and he takes these really big, powerful attacks, and it's cool-looking, and it feels really powerful, but it's not really tied into what he does in any of the games. But in one of the DLC packs, he gets a different weapon, which is a whole different move set, I guess. Is that normal in Musou games? I haven't played any Musou games. Holy shit. You have bluffed your way through so much of this shit. Okay, so you get a different weapon for him, and it's almost like playing a different character that just happens to look like Ganondorf. And it's his trident. And oh, yeah. he does, like, a bunch of boomerang-style throws, like Link to the Past, and he sends out fireballs sort of like his fire bats, and it's he throws it and shoots lightning down at it, and he does his... uh thunder energy attack from ocarina of time it's basically like the weapon that they use to give him a more canonical moveset and I, it's super cool and i would basically want zelda's power stance to work more or less exactly like that okay so i have some different ideas personally what, what are your ideas power is represented by imperialistic domination of other nations wisdom is represented by uh politics and high level strategy and courage is represented by getting on the battlefield and killing fools. So, <laughs> I think it's on, I think it says the most about this conversation that my first thought was, but why isn't power killing fools? Well, well okay, Link is courage, and he kills a lot of uh, monsters. Right. Yeah. Well, I guess facing off in combat, no matter what, takes some measure of courage. Right. But real power. It's having someone else do the hard work for you. Unless you're Ganon. I mean, Ganon has a lot of minions. The Calamity Ganon. Well, are, are we going to say that all of the malice is part of Ganon? Yes. His eyes oh. are literally all over the place. Okay, but even then, he still has a lot of Bacoblins around the joint. Yeah, but he pretty personally killed all the champions. Sure. I cannot believe we got away from the action game talk that fucking easily. Anyway, so they each have like cool trials right trials that are lining up with it so you'd have to fight a bunch of big cool bosses to get power okay and they'd be i would like it 
you'd have to like shove it to Dongo with the bombs and the bo- Dongo will blow up and he wouldn't like it. And that would be good because the Dongos are bad. But when you do courage, it's like it takes the elements of the first two and ramps them up a lot. So you end up going up against much harder enemies and you need, find yourself needing to switch between styles more often to fit situations better. Lots of exploring the environments. Lots of puzzle solving that depends on you being in certain spaces that you can only reach in your wisdom form. And at the end of the Trial of Courage, you face... Well, what the hell else would you face but Shadow Zelda? Okay. And she has all of your move sets plus one extra. And one extra. She has a sword. She has a sword. A sword. And... It's- when you beat her, you get the Master Sword. That's where it was. That's where it was the whole time. It definitely wasn't the Magic Sword. It was not the Magic Sword. Magic Sword looks too different. It was not the Master Sword at all. So all this is just so Zelda can get the Triforce? Zelda gets the Triforce. And as has been explained to you, I probably forgot to mention this, as has been explained to you, the player, uh, you're trying to do this to fight back a great evil because the only justification for amassing power or holding power is to combat evil ever in in this series um yeah we're gonna go with that yes absolutely i don't think that's how the series is portrayed at all 100 percent. there are many games or well not necessarily games but periods in hyrule's history such as the aforementioned golden age where zelda one came from where the kingdom is at peace but the monarchy remains Right, but I'm saying, like, you, the player, your agency is tied up in fighting evil. And when that evil is fought, you lay the greater parts of your power down. She's going to give up the Triforce? She wouldn't have to. Anyway, the reason that she's doing this is to prepare because Ganon is dead, but that doesn't mean Ganon is gone. And after two cases of losing and two cases of being unable to put the Triforce together... On top of all that shit from Link to the Past, Ganon rises again, breaking the need to have a body. Oh, I knew this was where you were going. So you, as Zelda, have the first fight with the Calamity. And that's it. Oh, I thought you were going to go further and say, and then the second act of the game, you have to build robots. Why would we build robots? This, is, this would be the game of the 10,000 years ago fight. No, this is not the game of the 10,000 years ago fight. Okay. Calamity Ganon returns cool. over and over. You are the first person to fight back the new darkness. Technically, the bodiless form is called Dark Beast Ganon. Um, I'm not sure if that's actually true, because Dark Beast Ganon definitely 100% has corporeality. Oh, so you, you just think the malice can be referred to collectively as Calamity Ganon? Yes, because okay. I think multiple characters refer to him as such, while he's a big screaming cloud beast. Though, I, th- I guess in this game, he wouldn't have to necessarily be a cloud beast. And it's a character action game, so the boss has to go through multiple phases. So I guess you could actually have at least one phase where Zelda actually fights Ganondorf. That'd be cool. Oh, it's been a long time since he's been a dwarf. Yeah, it has been a long time. It sure would be cool if he was a boss in a character action game where you played as Zelda. Yeah, that'd be cool, I guess. Yeah, you guess. Not not quite enough to get up the get up any enthusiasm. But, I, mm. Mm. Okay, here's my thing. Okay. I am not a fan of a Zelda game being an action... A a Zelda game starring Zelda being an action game. Okay, I feel that. Because I really feel like it should zoom in on the wisdom aspects and the uh, princess aspects. Okay, okay, okay. Feel me, though, feel me, though. 
Why not both? Why not have both those games? Okay. So Zelda three Zelda though. And Zelda four. No, 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 no. Zelda three deals with the rise of Calamity Ganon. Okay. Zelda three Gaiden is the game about running Hyrule after the Calamity is defeated and trying to prepare for the next appearance. Okay. How about that? You can build some. You can build some robots. Do a Kerbal space program for building robots. Yeah. Oh man, that'd be oh man, building your own divine beast. That'd be pretty sick, I feel. Okay. Actually, yeah, that could work. Like, this is the cycle before the 10,000-year defeat of Calamity Ganon. Yeah, the, the next people will figure it out, the, the better designs. But this is what you got. Right. I'm just, I'm just saying that, like, this Zelda sets up what that generation needs to defeat the Calamity altogether. Okay, so then Breath of the Wild is Zelda 6. Uh, one, two... Or, yeah, or is it Zelda 4 if we're counting Zelda 3 Gaiden? Wait, which one's Zelda 5? I would say Zelda 3 Gaiden is Zelda 4. Okay. That's the one where you build your own robots. Okay. And then Zelda 5 is the 10,000 years ago. Do you do you want to actually play that? Yes. How would you play that? It is a character action game, four-player oh. co-op, oh. Uh, very big scales like scale bounds. Okay. And you just get in your robots and you kill the Ganons. That's pretty sick. Yeah, I'm feeling it's, this. It's not a very long game, but you know. No, I could have, like, uh, different things that you do. Like, there's all sorts of... Like, you had to go through stuff to be able to pilot. You had to go through stuff to get the Master Sword. You could do a lot with that. Huh. That could be cool. Okay. So, I, I feel... Why my... doesn't Link just get a human divine beast that can wield a big Master Sword? You mean like the giant's mask was? Uh huh. Why doesn't he just go get the giant's mask? Well, no, it has to be a robot. Oh, um, it's a Gundam. Hmm. Maybe human divine beasts don't walk right. Okay, you gotta have a Psychomantis to puppeteer it. Are you trying to turn this into Metal Gear? That's a reference to Metal Gear Solid V: The Phantom Pain, the best video game of 2015. Huh. Uh, hmm. I guess I should probably play the Phantom Pain. You should play the Phantom Pain. It's a good game. You should totally play Hyrule Warriors. It's not. I don't want to play Hyrule Warriors. Oh, well, do you just want to watch all the cutscenes? I don't want to watch all the cutscenes. You know you're going to have to do something of the kind. I could read I could read a Wikipedia synopsis. Oh, Crystal, I promise it is so much more intense to experience the thing directly. I, I could watch a Let's Play. Oh, I don't know about that one. Watching people actually play it? Like, I know you've never played a Muso, but they are just the worst as an observer. How am I supposed to get all the non-cutscene dialogue that's extremely important? Uh, you know how Zelda games have a lot of incidental dialogue that can tell you a lot about the characters, even if it's not really related to the plot so much, so you get a good yeah, sense I'm, of the world? I'm sure they carry that aspect over to Zelda Muso. No. Oh. Not even a little. Do you want to hear uh, Sheik say six different lines about... How certain things will or will not benefit the light. Oh, is this Kingdom Hearts? No. You know I like Kingdom Hearts. Oh, uh, okay. Yes, it is basically Kingdom Hearts, but only in oh, the cutscenes. It, God, it really is Kingdom Hearts, huh? It basically is Kingdom Hearts. People from many worlds coming together. Um, I'm going to tell you a secret in that... Um, let's see if I can remember how this shit works. Lana is Sia's nobody. 
Okay. And then the other girl is her heartless? Um no, her heartless um, um basically never manifests. Oh, no, wait. I thought the no, there was an original person then they split in two, right? Yes. Yeah, so that original person would be the somebody and one of them's a nobody and one's a heartless. Um but it's not based on good and evil. They're just good and evil splits. No, no, no. Because one is based on desires and the other is based on the lack of desire. Oh, then the desires one would be the heartless and the lack of desire would be the nobody. I see that Lana's the nobody. Okay. And I guess she is the heartless, but she's like the kind of heartless that has a face and can talk. Yeah, kind of like Ansem, the Seeker of Darkness. Okay, yeah, just like that. Sia is basically Ansem, the Seeker of Darkness. You you have to say Seeker of Darkness to distinguish him from the other Ansem. Who's the other Ansem? Uh, well, there's actually a couple other Ansem. Uh, there's the Ansem that Ansem, Seeker of Darkness, is the Heartless of, who stole his name from the real Ansem. Okay, so there's three Ansoms. There's Ansem the Original, An- Ansem the Name Stealer, and Ansem the Seeker of Darkness. Of course, Ansem the Name Stealer, his real name is actually Xehanort, and there's, uh, well, he's gathering 13 different versions of himself, which is why he splits him up so much. Okay, that's where organization... Okay. It also involves time travel. Well, why wouldn't it? I mean... Of course, not till the seventh game. Kingdom Hearts has a much more cogent overall timeline than Zelda does. Oh yeah, the timeline's not complicated. Yeah, it's completely, it's like, it's actually relatively straightforward. But it's really something when you get into just one game and pick apart that lore. Uh-huh. That's it. I'm going to be doing a podcast about that in the near future. Which one, uh, which Ansem was it that I fought at the end of the first Kingdom Hearts? That would be Ansem Seeker of Darkness. Okay, and he's dead, right? Well, when the Heartless and the Nobody are both defeated, the Somebody uh, re-manifests. Oh, that seems easy. Yeah, they, that's so you don't really ever kill anyone. Oh, okay. That's interesting. So what happens if the Heartless dies but the Nobody remains? Then the Nobody's just there and the Heartless is in limbo? Okay, yeah. Then absolutely Hyrule Warriors is just Kingdom Hearts. Okay. It's a Kingdom Hearts Zelda crossover fanfic through the lens of the Musou series. And, uh... So you'll need to keep that in mind as you play through, uh, that you're dealing with, uh, like, it's a big spoiler that they're the same person, but, you know, if you had no intent to go through and see the story, I have to give you some kind of hook. Yeah, I already, I already knew that. Oh, okay. osmosis. Oh, okay. Well, did you know it was Kingdom Hearts? I didn't know it was Kingdom Hearts. Well, there you go. Did you know that trying to act on your desires as a woman is very bad? Of course I knew that. Okay, because that is one of the primary moral lessons of this game. Okay. Anyway, Zelda 3 should be a character action game with the fights. And Zelda fights Ganon, and it's good. Okay. I'm glad we added uh, 32 minutes onto Emily's question. Emily, it was a good question that we didn't give enough thought. And I got super, I got super excited about it when I thought, what if it didn't have to be a strategy game? What if it could be something else? And I went, ah! So, that's it. Thanks for sending your question, Emily. Thanks to everybody. They were good questions this time around. Send more questions. Zelda 3 would be a really cool, uh, uh, it, it would be a cool strategy game where you play a Zelda and it would transition peacefully to a sort of, um, 
it'd be almost like a sim game, sort of, where instead of expanding into new territories, what you're trying to do is uh, see how well you can run the Kingdom of Hyrule and defend it against incursions by enemy forces, which Hyrule is always dealing with. What kind of enemies would there be? Ganon. Oh, yeah, sure, Ganon. You you throw me you just you you pitch it underhand and then you're surprised when I hit it. No, I was just thinking. I thought you were alluding to like enemy nations or something. No, why on earth would nations go to war with each other? Well, we actually have a question about that. Oh, but well, you know what? Let's skip to that question as long as it's relevant. Okay, this one's from Monica. Oh dear, referring to episode three, Adventure of Link. What if the Little Kingdom refers to the part of Hyrule that is strictly Hylians, meaning elf people? In most games, Hyrule and the Kingdom often include other races and their domains. So, if these are already part of Hyrule, why do they have their own royalty? Zoras always have a queen-slash-king, Gerudos have a queen-slash-king, Gorons have a tribal leader, Ritos have an elder-slash-leader. Why are they beholden to the king of Hyrule if they've already got leadership? Because their leadership is ceremonial with no power, like the Queen of England or the Emperor of Japan? Perhaps the kingdom was little in the first two games because it hadn't yet conquered or it had since lost power over the other, over the other kingdoms. Take that as you will or won't. So this is mostly referring to Hyrule as ex- exists in Ocarina of Time, yeah? I mean, primarily. So I, I think that the thing is that in Ocarina of Time, Hyrule is a suzerain state. Well, I, I mean, that's the whole thing, isn't it? Like, there is one king of Hyrule who represents the other nations also, but they have their own royalty that have power over their internal politics. I'm, okay, so there, w- there was a Hyrule Civil War. Yeah. And then... All the other leaders swore fealty to the king. Are close enough to it. Do they pay him taxes? I don't know if taxes are a thing in Zelda. Well, okay, what does that fealty entail exactly? I don't know. It's not a very well-defined political sphere. But... Yeah? The king of Hyrule is given credit for ending the war. Yes. Kind of sounds like he just conquered everybody. I don't know. Sounds like it would be pretty hard to conquer, given that they can't really make any excursions into the Gerudo Valley to start with. Which makes me wonder why Ganondorf swore fealty. Trickery, I guess. Yeah, I get trickery to get close to the Triforce. Yeah, I, that would be my first guess. But I mean, like, I say suzerain state, but I don't actually know that that's what's going on. I mean, it could be like the ancient emperors of the Qing Dynasty, where it's like... They just assume that the king, as protector of the Triforce, automatically has fealty over the entire... Like, he he has the right to rule over the entire world, and all authority of other kings is derived from his authority, but I don't think that's necessarily what's going on there. Um, Well, that's the thing, is that the Hylians kind of seem to be the only people who care that much about the Triforce. They're also the only ones who seem to know that much about it. Yes. I mean, like, I'm sure that it... There used to be this theory that the war that took place before Ocarina of Time was itself for 
control of the Triforce, in a sense, in that you would control the land where the gate to the Triforce was assumed to be. Yeah, that would make sense to me. I guess... Hmm, I know this is limiting things by talking primarily about Ocarina of Time, but I think it's significant that the king of Hyrule hands out the sacred stones to the other peoples of Hyrule. Yes. And it's also probably significant that he and Darunia identify as sworn brothers Mm -hmm. rather than one having a position of power over the other. So maybe instead of conquering all the others, he just brokered peace between them. Maybe. That's just the thing. We never really learn much about it, but there are certain elements there that make me think that the war ended much more peacefully. Maybe he was never a warrior king at all. Huh. It would make sense why Ganon seemed to be able to conquer the kingdom so easily. Maybe he did a lot of demilitarization. That would make that would make sense. Uh, most of the soldiers that we see are just acting as town guards, more or less. Not particularly good against fighting moblins, it seems. No, even though moblins can only walk back and forth. But yeah, and I, there's there's but there are all those bodies of Hyrule Field who have a grudge against the king such that they rise and haunt the field at night. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bad it's it's the war lasted for a long time. It was clearly very violent, but we don't know how it ended. And now that we're talking about it, I kinda like the idea that it ended peaceably. That there were just peace talks and everybody shook hands and were friends. That's nice. I like that idea. As far as the Little Kingdom goes, it, in the Zelda II backstory, it was explicitly said to be a lot bigger in the past, and then it shrunk because they didn't have the whole Triforce anymore. Huh. And the Link to the Past backstory. Uh, Zelda II backstory. Zelda II backstory. Okay. Yes. Well, King I'm... had the whole Triforce. There was a Golden Age. Then he couldn't find a successor, so he hid the Triforce of Courage, and thus the royal power reigned, waned. Huh. Boy, that timeline... It's a weird old timeline. Uh, I, I think, should we talk about the scale of Zelda 2 again? Uh, yeah, we'll get to that. Put, put a pin in that. We'll come back to it in just a second. Uh, I think the thing that Monica says about if these other kingdoms are part of Hyrule, why do they have their own royalty? I think that part of it is that Hyrule isn't just a political entity. It's also geographical. And that the land itself is Hyrule. But it's also like the name of the Hylian Kingdom. Those things are somewhat intertwined, though. Oh, yeah, they absolutely are. But I, I, that's just how I see it. That it's referring to this continent as much as it is the uh, state. Yeah, so like, at the end of Skyward Sword, at the end of Skyward Sword, Zelda says, Hey, we should call this land Hyrule. But the kingdom is not yet established. That's just the name of the surface land wait hold on i don't think she said that did she i'm pretty sure she says let's call this place hyrule i am almost dead sir positive the only thing we get about naming it is when groose suggests calling it groose land oh yeah look at the text dump okay here we go i'm not uh are we racing crystal make sure to edit in the text dump music what's okay what's the text it's gonna be the race music from the race nocarina oh no what what's the text? There's no Hyrule in Skyward Sword. Period. Bruce Land. <laughs> wow, I remember this so clearly. How did I? That's what they call the false memories. Don't they say something about naming it after Hylia? 
I don't think so. I mean, all it says is that Groose says, this place needs a name. Yeah, a name fitting for this rugged, adventurous wilderness. I, I think that's literally... Oh, oh, maybe, hold on. Name. Oh, shit. How did it pull up the Skype? No. Name. How many times does the word name come up? 122! Hmm. You know what? I think this is a fake memory. That's okay. We all have them. But the implication is that they do name Hyrule, right? Yeah, I, I, I think the implication is that eventually, like, that we're seeing the birth of Hyrule. And then I don't, uh, well, according to the Historia timeline, which I know you don't like to take as gospel, the kingdom of Hyrule was established centuries later after the Temple of Time. Right, okay. I was always curious what their reasoning for that was. It, it, it definitely seems to me that Skyward Sword Zelda is not the kind of person who would set herself up as the God's blessed queen figurehead. Not to mention, there are already five surface tribes who have been living there for thousands of years. And at some point, some descendant of Zelda forcibly conquered them and established a monarchy. Um, here's something. Here's something. Ignoring Hyrule Historia for a moment and only looking at the stuff we know from the games. Oh, I guess Minish Cap throws a monkey wrench in that. Never mind. Actually, wait. Hold on. Minish Cap... Uh, oh, this probably bears more talking about in the timeline episode itself. But if I leave off Minish Cap for a second, is it possible that the backstory of Ocarina of Time is actually the birth of the kingdom of Hyrule? Huh. Hmm. So th that king would be the first king he proclaimed himself king. I suppose. Or he was elevated by the people. Something like that. So before it was just warring nations? Yeah, maybe. Uh, I don't know. This only works, of course, if we ignore Minish Cap. Uh, um, that's pretty easy for me. It's pretty easy for you. I never played Minish Cap. Oh, wait, 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 wait. The Composer Brothers of Kakeriko Graveyard compose songs for the royal family of Hyrule. Yes. And they are not recently deceased, I don't think. Uh, maybe. That would make sense. It was just an idea I was floating out there. Not to mention the Sheikah are servants of the royal family. Yes, and that's been going on for quite a while. But they could have become the royal family, but still been a family of tribal leaders that these people served before. Mm, Cameron, it sounds like you just want there to have been an established monarchy without any imperialism. What are you doing? What? What are you doing with this? What? I'm trying to argue that monarchy's bad, Cameron. Crystal, nobody is going to argue in the context of this podcast that monarchy is good. No one. What are you saying? Like, oh, oh, the king peacefully brokered deals. There's no bloodshed. I'm not saying it did happen. I'm saying it could have happened. Because it could have. Because that's the kind of story that Zelda is. It is a story where moral simplicity is the order of the day. And that's fine. It can be like that. Fantasy allows for that kind of thing from time to time. It's not necessarily responsible, but it is definitely a thing that can happen. Okay, fine. Fair enough. Do you feel we fully answered this question? I feel, like, I, I, feel, I feel like we've maybe done as much for Monica's question as we could have. Okay. Let's read that next. This next one is from Michael Bosworth. And this is actually two questions. Um, how about I read the first question and you read the second? 
Sure, that sounds good. Okay. If any game could be made into a live-action movie, which game would you choose? Who would you cast? A live-action movie. A live-action movie has a very different structure from a video game, so it's difficult to choose. I think that I would probably pick... Um, the Last of Us would make a good movie. Oh, oh. I, think <laughs> I read it as referring to a Zelda game. God, I was just counting to see how many seconds it would take your brain to switch into the other gear. Oh, man. Also, they are making a Last of Us movie. Are they? Yep. That's, that's cool. I hope that's Along good. Along with an Uncharted movie. That's kind of fucked up. I hope it's a little bit more critical of Joel than the game was. I, th- I thought the game was critical of Joel. Oh, uh, well, that's for another podcast. But, uh... For a live-action Zelda movie would be very strange. I don't know if you could pick any one of the games and say, okay, this is the one. Because these games are long. A lot of stuff happens in them. Well, a lot of that stuff could be cut or or, or condensed. I guess, but wouldn't it work better as a cartoon series? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. We had that one very good cartoon series already. Yeah, was it good? I never really watched it. It had the very famous line. Don't. Exke- Excuse me, princess. Good. I'm glad. This is where we are now. Thank you for listening to Book of Madora, everybody. Your come-to podcast for 15-year-old internet memes. It's... I'm sorry. No, you're not. Cameron, I'm sorry. I don't want to... I don't want to seriously upset you. No. No, it's too late now. Everything's ruined. I'm... I'm I'm gonna... Which game would you choose if you had to choose one of the games? (sighs) Ah... I mean, it'd have to be one of the mainline ones, I guess. Yeah. And by mainline ones, you mean ones that specifically have Ganon in them. Yes. Yeah, that would make... You know, if they are willing to do some things with perspective and continuity and, like, chronological arranging of scenes, a Breath of the Wild movie could be pretty interesting. Yeah, that could work. Or at least fun. Breath of the Wild doesn't have that much story. As yeah, as such, like I, I, I the, the thing I just keep coming back to is live action. Yeah, who do you cast as Link? Who would I cast as Link? It had to be someone who doesn't talk and can emote with their face very good. Okay, and they should be Japanese because all Hylians are Japanese. Yes. Okay. I don't know very many Japanese actors. Neither do I. Japanese actors Let's face it though If this gets made in Hollywood Because we're talking about like a Hollywood movie right Okay Okay. So who will be cast in the whitewashed Zelda movie Because there's no way it would really be anything else Because so many westerners already see Zelda games as being completely Caucasian coded right I guess you could actually argue that in some ways they are But I don't know Who do you get I couldn't pick somebody to play Link or Zelda. Or Mifa. Ruffalo. Uh, hold on. Ruffalo. Who would I get? Ruffalo could be the Deku Tree. Maybe Daruk. Sure, okay, sure. Yeah, Daruk. Why would he be Daruk? You ask me these hard questions that don't have easy answers. Yeah, I don't know what are, are you expecting Daruk to be CGI? Are you expecting Daruk to be a person? Uh, well, no, but I thought maybe he'd just be a very large, muscular man in orange paint. So, kind of like what they did in that first Fantastic Four movie. Yeah, sh- well, no. Yeah, well, yeah, kind of. Wasn't, wasn't that practical effects? 
it was practical, but it, it was more than just orange paint. Right. Uh, you're you're talking about just like a big giant giant person. Yeah, you know, like Lou Ferrigno as the Hulk. Uh, they have to use lots of camera tricks to make him look even bigger. Yes. Oh, Crystal, I don't know about this one. Okay, this... who, would, who would play... Who's, um, who's Rivali? Sorry? Rivali. Who's Rivali? Rivali. I, I just give that to Andy Serkis. Just Andy Serkis? Yeah. No CG. Is he, is he like wearing a bird nose? No, the, there'd be CG. He'd do a mocap. Oh. Um, And then... Uh, Urbosa... Ah, uh, mm. mm. uh, who's very tall, with with just like explosive killer hips, explosive killer hips, and very low body fat in the abdominal region. Yeah, and just shredded in the arms and shoulders. Uh, I don't know that you're going to find anybody like this. Yeah, this is hard to. Okay, let's just cast the main three. Link, Zelda, Ganondorf. Oh, so you're talking about a live-action movie version of it would have to have Ganondorf instead of Ganon? That'd probably be the best thing to do, yes. Man, Hollywood fucks up everything. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones is Ganondorf. Okay. Jamie Clayton as Princess Zelda. Who's Jamie Clayton? She's in Sense8. Oh, that's cool. She's a hacker. That's also cool. Is she cool? Uh, sure. Yeah, she's fine. Uh, uh, Keanu Reeves as Link. I, huh? Keanu Reeves as Link. Keanu isn't really femme enough to be Link. Oh, I don't know about that. Oh, okay. He's uh, also I like mean, three. He's three times Link's age. He he can do some makeup. Okay. Can Besides, he? Keanu Reeves doesn't age. He's a vampire. That is one of the things the internet says. Here, I mean, he ages very gracefully. This is true, yes? He he does age very gracefully. That's no bullshit. Tell me this man can play Link. Oh, let me see. I'm clicking over in the Skype window. How far ago, how long ago is this picture from? This? That looks like a Bill and Ted era picture here. Yeah, that's probably Bill and Ted era. Because that's a baby-faced Keanu. Oh, I, here's here's one. Here's one. I could I could see having Bill and Ted era Keanu play Link. That I could I could I could deal with that. I guess. I mean, I'm not talking about John Wick Keanu. I'm talking about shaven, made up, femme Keanu. Uh, I can sort of see where you're coming from here. Okay. Yeah, let me just edit this picture to have blonde hair and a green cap. How fast are you at this sort of crap? Not that fast, but you can imagine it, can't you? I can. I'm pretty good at imagining. I don't know. No. And he's good at emoting with his face without talking. Is he? Yeah. Uh... I wa- I rewatched the Matrix trilogy recently. Okay. It was pretty good. That's good. I like that first movie. The second one I found okay. I don't remember much about the third one. Not much happens in the third, really. I remember a person getting in a robot and shooting a bunch of flying robots... That were just, like, flying around instead of all slamming into the humans. Well, they were flying around because they were being shot. And then the kid tries to reload. He's like, kid, don't mess up this reload or I'll kill you before the robots do. But then the the guy gets gets eaten by robots. And as he's dying, he tells, he says, kid, kid, 
you're the only one left. You have to cut the cable so the Nebuchadnezzar can get here. And then uh, the kid's like, but I never finished the training program. And then the guy's like, neither did I. And then he dies. And then the kid cuts the cable. But before he shoots, there's a close zoom in on his face. And he says, Neo, I believe. Oh. It's, a, it's, it's not a great movie, but I liked it. Okay, that's good. It's good to enjoy things. Those are good. Um, I'm going to say casting a live-action Legend of Zelda movie is impossible. Uh-huh. That's it. I, I do applaud you for not making Ganondorf the one person of color in the cast. Okay. Because that would have been too easy. Uh-huh. That's what Hollywood would do. That's what Hollywood would do. Keanu Reeves is like one quarter Chinese. Is he? counts for anything, yeah. Uh-huh. Huh. Is that why they love him in China? Do they love him in China? Or is it just that they like anybody for movies? Uh, never fucking mind. Yeah, his his father's of Chinese, English, Native Hawaiian, and Portuguese ancestry. That's a lot of ancestry to keep track of. My grandmother is Chinese and Hawaiian, so I was around Chinese art, furniture, and cuisine when I was growing up. That's cool. Uh, yeah, I, I, mm, yeah, okay. Could could you get us to the second second thing? Okay. Most games have a juxtaposition of worlds. How tightly do these worlds align with good and evil? Does good exist? If so, what is the ultimate source? I'd like to know the same thing for evil. Well, there's a very, uh, very easy black and white answer to this. Things that are beautiful are good, and things that are ugly are evil. Right, Cameron? I don't know if that's true in this series, but it's <laughs> sometimes true, for sure. Actually, I think it's pretty true. Really? All the monsters are ugly. Huh. No. No, I'm actually going to I'm going to I'm going to flag that one cuz bokoblins are really cute. I mean, I I think bokoblins are really cute. Do you oh. think they're intended to be portrayed as cute? Yes. Why do you say that? They they pick their noses and eat their boogers. Nah, that's gross. No, it's Which, cute. No, mm, it's meant to show how evil they are. And then they 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 lie around and they have these big snot bubbles when they're sleeping. Yeah, it's meant to show how evil they are. No, everyone... No, it's cute. Even though they clearly have intelligence... Like, the snot bubble thing is explicitly coded to be childlike. Mm-hmm. It's cute. Just go in and kill them. Yeah, you murder them. it's justified because they're ugly monsters. No, they're cute monsters that you're murdering. Even though they have some measure of civilization... Yep. It's okay, they're just monsters. Well, I mean, there's different justifications in Breath of the Wild... And that they all try to kill you on sight. Maybe the demon tribe used to rule the surface, but then Hyla did an imperialism. Uh, and she was like, it's okay, because they're evil. Uh, good. I'm glad we're having this conversation now, instead of the Skyward Sword episode. Okay, so, the demon tribe. Is that where we're going to say with... Are you, are you going to suggest that... It, Cut through the ugliness here. What do you mean to say is that the demon tribe is the source of evil? I would say that, yes. Okay. See, for me, it's much more black and white than even that. In that being nice is good and being greedy is bad. I Sure, I can agree with that. The only case in which that diverges from the villainous intent that I can think of is probably Majora's Mask. Every other villain is specifically trying to take stuff that's not theirs to take. And subjugate people beneath them. Hmm. 
Okay. What I think sort of what Michael's asking here is what is the provenance for good? What is evil? Who dictates these things? But that's taking a perspective that sort of ignores that good and evil are just baked into the setting. There's this sense that you can have a really simplistic view about how things work and that there is no intrinsic kindness in the world as it exists here. But in Hyrule, there is. Being good is just good, and being bad is just bad. It's not like they came up with the word evil to describe demise. Demise is described by evil. So demise doesn't have a reason to be evil, he just is. Well, no, he's greedy as shit. I, I never really got... Is he greedy? He wants the Triforce and to it's... bring down the House of the Gods. Okay. It's not clear why. Mm, he might tell you something. Might he? Yeah. I mean, so the demon tribe lived underground. According to the legend presented to us at the start of the game, yeah. How'd they get there? What a weird question to ask. You think they they just naturally occurred underground? Where'd Sun Wukong come from? I don't know. I haven't actually read Journey to the West. Okay. The Monkey King came from inside of a rock. Uh-huh. That's it. Okay. Like, that's his whole origin. He was inside a rock. Sure he didn't come from the planet Vegeta? Uh, mm, uh, you got me with that one. about how mm. Dragon Ball Super is just a Journey to the West AU that got way out of control? I have never watched any Dragon Ball Super, actually. It's a pretty good show. Really? I should watch it. I like there's, Kale. There's like, this girl, Super Saiyan. Yeah. She's Super Saiyan and a girl. Is that? Are you talking about... Cauliflower or Kale? Uh, it, that's one of her names. What? One of those is her name. Uh, I haven't got, actually gotten that far myself. Oh. Okay, because there's two girl Super Saiyans based on what I've been told. Oh, well, that's cool. Both of them from an alternate universe. And one of them is like a strong, badass Vegeta-type Super Saiyan. And the other is this little weakling who's totally, like, super in love with the first girl Super Saiyan. And, like, she has strong self-loathing and when she realizes that her relationship is being endangered by the people around her she turns basically into a canonical version of brawly and beats the shit out of everyone nice it is That's nice here for i like it there's lots of different gokus are there there's goku black oh i have heard of goku black there's super saiyan god super saiyan which is shortened to super saiyan blue did they have a joke about how that had to be shortened yeah. Okay. That's good. I'm glad they did that. Uh, so, but the question does refer to how do these the various worlds align with good and evil? Like the Twilight Realm. Yeah. Huh. I don't think the Twilight Realm's evil. I think no, that's just Twilight. Yeah. Uh, Twilight Princesses. This is an answer that varies from game to game. Like everything about this varies from game to game because all the different games have like different sets of what constitutes morality, and. Twilight Princess is actually murkier than most because everyone's assholes. Uh-huh. Sans oh. doing an imperialism. And the sages are as bad as anyone. Maybe worse than most. It's like, Why do oh. you say that? Okay. Uh, so let's say that um, you have a guy who is a bad wizard. Okay. And, well, he's done a lot of bad things, so you're going to execute him. Okay. And you try to execute him. 
and mm-hmm. it doesn't work. Okay. Because, oh, it turns out that he is not a bad wizard. He has an ancient engine of creation magic that basically makes him into the devil. And he's real mad. Okay. And you have the devil in your hands, and instead of fighting him or anything like that, you throw him into a neighboring country for them to deal with. That's a good point. You're an asshole. Yeah, that was irresponsible of them. Irresponsible in the extreme. I think that's why they were groveling so much when they met Midna. Oh, yeah. They totally did. But uh, yeah, I don't I don't know that the world's really aligned with good and evil so much. Like, the Golden Realm just reflects the people that are in it. And I think that's more of a thing where people make worlds good or bad, make places good or bad. You would not consider the Triforce the source of good? Um, uh, no, I wouldn't. So the goddesses are not good? No, I didn't say that, just that they are not the source of good. You can't say I, that just because they are not the source of good that they aren't good at all. I might be Why? willing to say they're pretty uh, detachedly neutral. Uh, I, I Okay, what have they done? They created the world, which is fine, I guess. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> oh, they just created the world. But I might consider that a solidly neutral act. Yeah, giving birth to all the people on it and giving them spirit of law, etc. Who, who knows what the Deku Tree thinks happened. And then they they did a flood. To stop the devil. Mm, yeah, but that's a that's a somewhat morally ambiguous act. Uh, I, I'm, you know, do what you gotta do. You're telling me you had no way... You're telling me you are the goddesses, the creators of all that exists... The, the the creation engine has but a fraction of thy power, and you have no way to stop Ganon without also flooding the whole world? The funny thing is that the king... I was going to bring this up in the Wind Waker episode. The king apologizes so much for the state of the world, and his wish floods Hyrule again, that it makes me think that the goddesses interceded because of the royal family. So he made a wish to the goddesses? Maybe he and his family pray to the goddesses for just such a thing, to trap Ganon beneath it. Because there's several layers to the seal on Ganon. The ocean is just the outermost one. Inside of that is Hyrule Castle, frozen in time when the Master Sword is the key. There was a lot going on in the sealing of Ganon. But do you think they specifically prayed for a flood, or they just just pray for the goddesses to act. I think most I if I think it's very possible. I'm not saying they did, but it's very possible that they prayed for the flood so that it would be impossible for anyone to reach the place where Ganon rested. That just seems like a very specific wish when you could just say please smite Ganon. Maybe the goddesses don't res- well, maybe the gods don't respond to wishes that are very vague. That's why it's better to wish on the Triforce. Please hit Ganon with a big lightning bolt. Also, Ganon had the Triforce of Power at the time, and this is one of the timelines where Ganon with the Triforce of Power is un- basically unkillable. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. There's a lot going on there. It's hard to say. Where? What? what how did we get to this again? Uh, we were talking about if the goddesses are the source of good. Oh. Or if they even are good. Uh, 
I guess you could... Yeah, I, I don't think that they're the source of good, but if you take the Deku Tree's words as literal, the Nehru is the source of the spirit of law in the world, in which case, yes, they are the source of good. Mm, he's a bit biased. He is a bit biased as a nature god, yes. They're they're his, his bosses. I don't know if the structure of the universe is as strictly as hierarchical as that. Like, I'm imagining that you've got, like, a setup in your head where the Deku Tree is like King Enma. Yeah. Yeah, basically. Mm-hmm. That's it. I love how Dragon Ball Super introduces, like, 20 more layers of divine hierarchy. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I could see how that would appeal to you. Remember when it was just K- King Kai? Yeah, he was, was cool. like, no, he's just the North Kai, but he's a, he's a lesser Kai. There's also the 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 supreme kais who are above even the grand kai of the lesser kais and then there's the grand supreme kai but even he is just the grand supreme kai of universe six of which there are 12 different universes ruled over by their own king wasn't the grand kai of the lesser kais a character that only existed in one of the movies i i think he was at the other world tournament i think he was the host other world tournament is that do you mean the one that took place in movie 12? No, that was, there was one in the show, wasn't there? Otherworld Tournament? Uh, that was... That was oh, right. That, that's, what, that's what it was. That's what it was. The yeah. Otherworld Tournament was anime original. It wasn't in the manga. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. I can't believe that. That's, that's, where I, that's, filler. that's where I got that idea. Goofy-ass, stupid yeah. Dragon Ball guy. Oh, so, mm. how tight do these worlds align with good and evil? Not very. Not very. Does good exist? Sure, yeah. but not in like a non-abstract way. Uh, if so, was his ultimate source? Like we said, it doesn't exist in a non-abstract way. Same thing for evil. Same thing for evil. But it, it, there's never. Just to be clear, there's never any ambiguity about what's good or bad in this setting. I might disagree with that. Still. Well, okay, that's fair. What about when they try to say? When Gan says, I'm sorry for being evil, but my country was bad. What? Remember when Gan says, I'm sorry for being evil, but my country was bad? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Remember when people tried to argue that made him a sympathetic villain? I mean, it clearly actually made him a sympathetic villain because people had sympathy with him. It's, sure, on some small level, but people act like, oh, this justifies his actions. Oh no, 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 no! Like so, so many people don't pick up on the fact that Ganon lies to himself, mm-hmm, definitely, and that he lies to you. And the instant his plans slip out of his hands, he turns around to choke two children to death. Uh huh. He's a very bad man. He is a bad man. He's like John Cena. I don't. No, it's a crystal. Edit in John Cena's bad, bad man at this moment. I don't know wrestling. <laughs> You sh- have you listened to John Cena's Bad Man? I know. I've heard his theme song anytime somebody says John Cena on the internet. Oh, this is- so, John Cena is actually a surprisingly competent rapper. Really? Yeah. Here is the link to the song. Oh, I like, I like that. That's cool. Let's see. What the? You might have to skip a little forward to get to the actual song. UPN? The chain gang. I don't know. Uh, okay. 
Why do they even with a mic get my hands? I'm a bad man. I'm a bad man. I'm a bad man. How how you think? What do you think, Cam? Cameron, well, hold on. I'm listening. <laughs> this is silly. It's po- It's silly in a positive way, but oh, that's silly. Is that? Are you going to put that in the podcast now? Yeah. Okay. Well, you know what? That's okay. That's that's that seems uh, that seems benignly goofy. That's it's, it's a good album. You can't see me by John Cena. Okay, that's cool. Let's answer the next email. Okay, who's this email coming from, Crystal? This email is coming from Shackel Draconis. Yeah. Uh, do you want me to read it or you? It's pretty long. It is pretty so long. Uh, how about we tag out every two paragraphs? All right, let's do it. Okay. Who starts? Dear Cameron and Crystal, here's my take on the whole Link to the Past, Sacred Realm slash Dark World, and Link Between Worlds, Low Rule. Before the events of Link to the Past, Ganon with two ends acquired the full Triforce and made his wish, the result of which, which was to change the Sacred Realm into the Dark World. The Triforce admits to Link that Ganon needs to conquer Hyrule to make his wish completely true. From this, we can see that it is possible for someone to mess up their wish, for things to be misinterpreted, or for their wish to need to be careful in their thoughts. Ganon asked to rule the world, but that meant just the sacred realm in this current context. Hence his need to build power to achieve what the Triforce later realized he truly wanted. This leads to the important question of just what Link wished for when he claimed the Triforce. Obviously, there was some element of wish those hurt by Ganon's evils to be okay now, leading to all the resurrections and such. But what did he wish for with regards to the Dark World slash Sacred Realm? I don't think he would want it to be full of evil people and monsters, but what else would he have to imagine? What if he wished, with the innocence of a child, for the Dark World to become a place like home or a place like Hyrule? That could end up meaning a whole lot more than just making the sky no longer cloudy, as we see happen in the credits. The credits, I feel, are an important part of this. As we first see all the changes to the light world, including the previous portal to the dark world no longer animated, as if those pathways had been closed by Link's wish, and then we see the Triforce doing something else, presumably to the dark world. First, the sky goes from blood red and all evil, to blue, the hills turning green. When there's a, Then there's a lot of the Triforce spinning, it obviously doing things, but not on the scale we're seeing. And after several minutes, the panora- panoramic landscape turns to seeing a golden light radiating from someplace. Notably, while we can still see the original Triforce in the foreground. I think this is showing when, because of Link's wish, Hyrule's Triforce turns the Dark World into low rule including its own royal family, its own line of heroes, its own cycle of evil returning, a place like Hyrule, including, at the end, with its own Triforce. From the end of Link Between Worlds, we know the Triforce is capable of making more Triforces as the result of a wish. As for how did Lorule lose its Triforce? After a cycle or two, someone tried to end the cycle in a way Hyrule never tried. Someone wished for that Triforce to destroy itself. The thinking being, if there was no Triforce, there wouldn't be a cycle anymore. But they didn't realize, as no one in Hyrule does, that the Triforce is also the keystone of that world. If it is completely removed, the world will collapse. 
So that's how the Sacred Realm becomes the Dark World with Ganon's wish, becomes Low Rule with Link's wish, is nearly destroyed by a Lorulian's wish, and is finally saved by Link Between Worlds, Zelda and Link's combined wish. Oh, and from when we keep seeing us cut from seeing the Link Between Worlds Sacred Realm and the front of Hyrule slash Low Rule Castle, I think it's pretty clear that the Sacred Realm in these games is really just part of the castle grounds where the Triforce is kept and protected. It's called the Sacred Realm out of respect and reverence to its old resting place in A Link to the Past and Ocarina of Time, not because it's actually in another world slash plane like it used to be. What do you think about this theory, Cameron? Oh, I kind of like it. I mean... Yeah, I actually really like it. There, there's some reading into the credits that isn't quite how I did it, because I just thought that the shift um, in the color of the sky to being blue and then the appearance of the golden light was just dawn. Like, that's just the sky coming up. That's just the sun coming up in the morning to represent the new day. It's just kind of a motif, and especially in Super Nintendo games. The sun coming up was a big deal. But, uh, yeah, I, I like this. Like, it, it doesn't quite line up with how I read the ending to Link to the Past, but yeah, this this makes a good amount of sense. Um, whole thing with being able to create another Triforce never sits super good with me, but, you know, that's actually in the game, so what the hell do I know? Yeah, I really like the majority of this theory and I'm willing to adopt it as my own. The only part where I have a little bit of scruples is uh, the Sacred Realm just being part of the Castle Grounds. Well, we... We know from Skyward Sword that that's not true. Well, it wasn't true back then. It could be true now, but I don't think it is. Because if you look at when they're in the Sacred Realm, they appear to be in some really high up area with like clouds at their level and some kind of mountain in the background. Oh, you mean in Link Between Worlds? Yeah. Oh, it's been a minute since I played Link Between Worlds. It must have been going on three or four years now. Uh, does Does it have like a golden sky? Let me link you a screenshot. This is the Hyrule Sacred Realm, and I'll show you the Low Rule Sacred Realm too. The sky appears to be blue. Oh, okay, yeah. I can see that. So it's not really the Golden Land anymore. Yeah, but it doesn't look like the kind of place that would be part of the castle. Yeah, I, I, I'll agree with that. This just brings up one of the things that we kind of dance around a little bit with this podcast, in that... Uh, the games are connected in a lot of ways, but they don't. The the writers and the designers never feel much shackled by the lore niceties of the other games. Oh, not at all. So these inconsistencies just come up sometimes, and it's up to us to fill in the gaps with our insane skills at reading. The uh. The both the high rule and the low rule sacred realm areas do seem to be uh, clear mirrors of each other. They have the same kind of pillar mountains. Yeah, I can see that. Do you read those as mountains? Oh, I don't really know the better word for them. No, I mean I I I I, I see what you mean. Regardless, uh, let's see here. Uh, it's almost like trees, but yeah, they're like these distant. It's like those big stone platforms you see in the distance in any desert fight in Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. Just these massive plateaus. Yeah, I, I can see that. They are definitely mirrors of each other. This is a pretty nice theory. I still don't necessarily read it the same way, but it's, it, it's as good as anything else I've heard. It also uh, works well with the idea that 
A Link Between Worlds is not actually a direct sequel to Link to the Past, but takes place hundreds and hundreds of years later when Low Rule would have time to develop its own culture if it was created right after A Link to the Past. When you say direct sequel, how do you mean? I mean taking place immediately or very shortly after starring the same Link, as in Majora's Mask or Zelda 2 or Phantom Hourglass. Oh, I see. Is that is that something that you saw as going on there? I I don't think that I ever saw that when the game came out, actually, but when it was first announced, that is what I assumed. Oh, I see. Because there's that bit at the start where Zelda is looking at paintings of the battle that took place long ago, mm-hmm. and it's clearly just depicting the events of Link to the Past. Yeah. So it seems like it's... Oh, regardless, this this is good. I, I like this theory. It's got moxie. Yeah, I like it too. It's good theory. Thank you, Shakal. That's some good shit. I like I that. Think we have just one more email. Don't spell Ganon like that, though. It ain't been current for a while. Uh, I, I like the idea of Ganon with two ends. That's Ganon with three ends, Crystal. Ganon with two ends in a row, Cameron. Uh, okay, you know what? That's that's fair. That was needlessly pedantic of me. I'm sorry. My wife. Good. Okay. I... <laughs> My wife is going to be like your spritz bottle. What does that mean? I'm going to spray you when you're a bad dog. Are you just quoting the movie now? No, that's not lines from Borat. It would be said in a much more racist way. Okay. So it's okay if you say the racist things as long as you don't use the racist caricature. Wait, hold on. What's racist about my wife? I don't know. Maybe she's got some opinions I don't know about. It's it's just him saying my wife in a funny accent. Oh, good. I mean, I'm not going to recount the other the bad parts. I just like I like that part. Yeah, I guess that's fair. You know, you know what's the one legitimately funny part of Borat? I uh, sure tell me. It's well, I can actually link it to you. Not joke instructor. Okay. You understand the concept of a not joke? Isn't that what you do like 80% of the time? No, it's actually not. Oh. A not joke is... <laughs> oh, I see. That's just fucking scene. Oh, okay. I thought... Okay, never mind. Let's see. So I would need a musical interlude for 70 seconds while I watch this. Okay, that's pretty well written scene. It's not written. It was it all just mad ad libbed. No, the whole uh, conceit of the movie is that Sasha Baron Cohen is improving this character, and everyone else is just a real person. Oh, really? So this is a real fucking comedy instructor who's teaching people not jokes. Oh, there's layers to that. Yes. So the whole joke. Is that he's not very funny at all. And he's trying to teach Borat this joke structure, which is not very funny at all. And he's frustrated when Borat is getting it wrong, even though when Borat is getting it wrong, that's way funnier than anything he's trying to teach him. And even though the thing about Borat getting it wrong is predicated on the idea that this person who has English as their second language can't parse the meanings of specific joke structures. Indeed. I see. Uh, That's that. it, It was funny improv. But it's like, wow, what a wild fucking thing. Huh. Have you seen the documentary about the people... There, there's a Romanian village where they filmed 
Borat's village. There's about a thousand people in there and nobody speaks English and they paid them all three dollars each. And Borat said a bunch of very, very mean things. And they saw Borat like, hey, we want to sue Sasha Baron Cohen. And there's a documentary about it. Huh. I see. That. Hmm. Yeah, I could, I could definitely see suing someone over that sort of thing. Should we read our last email, Cameron? Uh, I'm going to have a lot of fun editing this episode. Oh, I fucking bet you will. Oh, God, this is going to be a... Oh, this is just going to be an explosion over and over. Non-stop things and such. You know, I'm actually not that familiar with your editing style. Because I haven't listened to any of these episodes. How surprised will I be if I just, say, listen to the Link's Awakening episode? I haven't finished editing that, but probably not too much. Oh, okay. I don't actually add that much stuff in. Okay. I, I, I'm just asking, because most of the podcasts that I listen to, I only listen to two, feel fairly raw in comparison to anything that adds in, like, bleeps and the like. What podcasts do you listen to? I listen to the Super Best Friend cast and to Important If True. Oh, I see. Have you ever listened to Important If True? I have listened to one episode of Important If True. I like it. It's a good, it's a good podcast. It's a good podcast. Those guys are pretty funny. They talk I think about you're just uh, don't want to read this question, Cameron. Uh, how about I read this question from <clears throat> your friend and mine, Alex? What was that? It's just saying it's about your favorite video game, Hyrule Warriors. Oh, thank you. Okay. <sighs> I know what you like, Hyrule Warriors. What if Breath of the Wild is just Sia sitting in her little Sage of Time room writing one very long AO3 fanfiction? For those of you listening at home, AO3 is Archive of Our Own, one of the premier fanfiction websites on the internet. Her place in Hyrule Warriors is to be able to see everything happening. Oh, sorry. Her place in Hyrule Warriors to be able to see everything happening would give her a pretty good basis to write something. And would it explain why everyone is horny for Link? Huh. It would explain why there's so many references to the other timelines. That would explain a couple of things. It, uh, this is actually the backstory in my head for Hyrule Warriors itself, where Sia and Lana are just a person who writes themselves into the story, and Hyrule Warriors is what happens, and that's why all the different timelines converge, and all the characters from all the different games get together and have a party. Or maybe Breath of the Wild is a sequel to Hyrule Warriors, and that's why there's all those references to the timelines. I had to talk Alex down from sending that exact fucking thing in. <laughs> is Alex a friend of yours? Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, why do you think that's wrong? I don't want to talk about this. You know Alex, it's Yukira. Oh, oh, I did not know that. But sure, yes, Yukira. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's... Oh, God. Um, Fucking mm-hmm. Hyrule Warriors. We're, we're going to have to do a Hyrule Warriors episode. We're I realize to do a non-canonical Hyrule Warriors episode. It's the ep- Unless it is actually canon as the pure prequel to Breath of the Wild. Oh, no. If it's not can if it's canon, why doesn't anybody remember Sia and Lana? I don't know. Why doesn't anybody remember friggin' Impa? And why does like why does everyone look like they do in Hyrule what do Warriors? What do you mean? Why does like why does Volvakia turn into a man who 
looks like he's out of Dynasty Warriors. Volvagia was a man. What? Or, no. Volvagia was a dragon, and all dragons are minor deities, and sometimes they turn into men. I don't know if that's true. Is there any dragon in the series who is not a minor deity? Um, actually, I think there might be. Give me a second here. Um, it depends on how you read Aquamentus. Are Dodongos dragons? No. They're Why dinosaurs. not? They're dinosaurs that breathe fire? Yes. And, and they don't li- have wings. Or, no. yeah, they do. Shit. But their they adult forms don't have wings. But neither do the dragons in Breath of the Wild. Yeah, but they're different types of dragons. Okay, so why aren't Dodongos a different type of dragon? Okay, how about this? East Eastern dragons are gods, but Western dragons aren't. Okay, but then why is a god serving this fanfic character? Because she, she's the biggest god. Oh, that's she's right. She's the writer of the story. God, I forgot that Sia takes the role of Hylia in that game. Uh-huh. Oh, she's been the guardian of the Triforce since time immemorial and Alex sent in this question just so I would have a meltdown on the fucking podcast about this I'm not doing it I'm I'm holding out you you can try and get me next time Dr. Claw it's not happening now uh uh, what if it is if it is Cameron would be very upset so it's let's make it not that way yeah I want Cameron to be happy he's my pal Oh, thank you. Thank you, Crystal. You're my pal, too. It would explain why everyone's horny for Link, though. No, come on. Is that lower questions, Cameron? Uh, hold on. Let's come back to this why everyone's horny for Link thing. Everyone's okay. horny for Link because Link's hot. That's it. That's all of our questions. Yeah, that's all of our questions. Yeah. That's uh, that's all. Everyone's th- horny for Link because Link is hot, says Cameron. Yes. It's true. Cameron, where can people send us questions? I don't know anymore. Book of Medora Podcast at gmail.com. Oh, That's no. Book of Medora Podcast at gmail.com. No Hyrule Warriors. Don't send us questions about Hyrule Warriors, I guess. Nah. Hey, Cameron, who drew our podcast art? Oh, shit. Hold on. Our podcast art was graciously drawn by Tor Kirby, also known as Kyle Smith. You can find his art at torkirby.com. Yeah. Also, you can find me on Twitter at, at Arcane Crystal. And you, you can find me on Twitter at Cam Ryder. Hey, Cameron, do you have something that's kind of hard to open? Oh, God. Oh, what? Triforce. <laughs> <laughs>